This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Are you ready, Kim? Are you ready? Always, always. How you doing? You're the cheerleader. Ready? Okay. There you go. Go Let's get it done. How's everybody on this, what is it, Tuesday afternoon? Good, good. Um, It was weird. The uh, YouTube image for the show, the thumbnail, was showing up as gray dots, but hopefully we fix that. Oh, that I think you have repaired it as you oh. often do. So thank I don't you. Know. For they that. they do this to us all the time. Mm. Don't know why you, they do it. You know what happened yesterday as we were ending the show? Murphy did something really nice, and she yeah. put down two four dollar super stickers and said, "Here, it's a cup of tea or coffee for each of you." Yeah, and, and I only caught one, one of them. them. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, wanted... fl- I'm I'm flipping back and forth between you know the production screen, yeah. and so I only saw one of them, and I didn't realize you'd given to uh, murphy so so nice Thank you. yeah Thank you murphy Thanks and so by the way murphy posted on facebook this incredible picture i think it's her daughter that she posted a picture of and uh doing a jump it's like one of those dance pictures incredible this girl so talented and beautiful wow really cool. cool thank you um not cool san francisco spending more than a half a million dollars <laughs> Uh, and five cans. years of study and debate and discussion on these trash cans, and we yeah. might never use them. What gives, John Daly? Well, they have the um, they have a few of them out. They're in select neighborhoods. Some neighborhoods have may have already been uh, selected, right? They may mm-hmm. already be winners. Um, but they've spent over half a million dollars, and the chosen design still isn't on the city streets and won't be anytime soon. I'm, I'm presuming this is the. Uh, yeah, this is the new, the one they chose, the slim silhouette. There, I've seen a couple of them. Um, but the idea is they, I mean, they want them to look nice, but also the issue is with the legacy garbage cans, um, the really old ones, all you need is like a hanger and you can hook into the lock and open it up and you see oh. the people collecting cans doing that. The problem is when they're open, the people who are high or, you know, just drunk or just belligerent, right. They will dump the entire contents of the garbage can on the ground. No. And that has to be cleaned up. So I understand that they needed to address this issue. It's just like, do they have to make it so complicated? Mm. Um, The department is uh, pausing the rollout of the new trash cans because the mayor has requested city officials reduce department budgets by 10% going into the next fiscal year. So Public Works first told San Francisco Chronicle that the project could be put on hold before the agency was was even put out uh, its request for proposals and to find a manufacturer for the new cans, though the decision won't be finalized until July. Um, We're moving forward with the new trash can design, but the procurement may be put on hold because of the budget restrictions. Uh, No decision has been made yet. We're only considering this possibility. The new public trash cans debuted in July of 2022 on a two-month trial period. To such uproar, they reportedly cost between uh, $12,000 and $20,000 each to manufacture it's the um, silliest. Of course, thing. that's not the garbage cans in mass mass numbers. That's just the prototypes that cost that much. Oh um, six proto- prototypes were placed in different neighborhoods and equipped with QR codes, which residents could scan to submit feedback about the designs. Um, I've seen them. Some of them like lit on fire. It's like this is just the you know the reality that we deal with here in the city. But um, <sighs> after the sixty day period was up, Public Works chose a winner: the Slim Silhouette. Um, and was tasked with finding a manufacturer that could create 3,000 of them at an expected cost of 2,000 to 3,000 each. These would replace the familiar uh, Renaissance cans that have dotted uh, city corners since 1993 with hopes that these new designs would be more tamper-resistant and easier to clean. So they they would also employ a sensor that would alert the department if it needed to be emptied. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure they'll be right on top of that. Ridiculous. Did you see this story? to take the picture down this story this you know how sometimes when you're doing the DoorDash and you just click in like okay how many do you want and you maybe you you were supposed to click 20 nuggets this guy orders on accident 200 chicken mcnuggets from Uh mcdonald's and DoorDash look at them all look at all the mcnuggets they arrive they don't know what to do with all the mcnuggets yeah, the uh, the whole thing goes viral after they mistakenly ordered two McNuggets. The grandma can't stop laughing. It's a whole big thing. Not two, 200. 200. 200 McNuggets, yeah. <laughs> two would be a mistake as well. 
Oh, well, let's move on. Oh, Sandy, thank you for the five dollars. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sandy. you. Yeah, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, our mm-hmm. fundraising is a little lower this month. Um, so every contribution really counts. Five dollars, five dollars, it all adds up. Yeah. It really makes the show uh, work. Um, oh, Murphy says, yes, that was her 16-year-old, by the way. Very cool. Aww. Yeah, really good picture. Cool. Okay, cool. let's move on to animals because we love our animal news here on the after party. Speaking of animals, when you showed the chicken nuggets, all I could think of was the pink slime. Have you, seen how, have you seen like how they make chicken McNuggets? I haven't. I've it's I, on the YouTube. pink slime was for burgers, but I don't Yeah, but it's still is it similar slime. for is it a similar slime? It looks situation? like an industrial meat paste. It's like it's really gross if you look at uh you 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 can look at photos of how they make the maraschino cherries. That's mm-hmm. also gross because they like bleach them and then shellac them with that artificial coloring. Ew. Um so they're not, you know, shouldn't be eating them, but I still do. And then uh how chicken nuggets are made. If you watch the video, you'll probably consider never eating them again ew that's so gross yeah Ugh, i keep but, trying to tell people that's not real meat and they're like no no it's made from real meat I'm like but how is it made from real meat and what else what else is in there <laughs> exactly the, the filler and the connective tissue and the, speaking um, of meat yeah this is the legend of the bull um this is kind of a interesting story do you remember that movie was it jodie foster the one where the um where the the uh, cow went flying in the tornado yeah i forget what the name of that movie was do you remember twister twister yeah well this is out of georgia you've heard the saying when pigs fly but what about when cows fly a georgia man says he might that might uh just be what happened to at his farm in Hazelhurst, georgia during severe weather earlier this week charles marchand told uh, a tv station that straight line winds extensively damaged his barn sucked water from a trough and may have even thrown one of his cows he says the bull was moved from one pasture to another he had what? one bull <laughs> wind up in his pen where the horses were at and we couldn't figure out how he got there because the gates were shut after the storm the national weather service came out and confirmed to Marchant that the storm had literally lifted a bull from one pasture to another i guess they have technology to confirm that the national how, weather how would service... they know that <laughs> that's a good question Do they have cameras like the national weather a, service 24 7 bull camera we've seen him well, they be have lifted. Uh, spy satellites they have chinese weather balloons that's probably where they got their oh, confirmation. the chinese weather balloon that's right the national weather service says there's no way to know for sure what happened to the bull well then why did you just confirm then it don't but the legend is taking the community by storm. <laughs> taking the community by storm get it um but there you go the the legend of the bull <laughs> I have so many questions. Don't yeah, ask as, questions. As a representative from Petaluma. Remember Flocko? Oh, Flocko. Flocko, the owl who w- was searching for a mate in uh, Central Park, but His couldn't find attempt. one. Yeah. yeah. Well, enter Benito. Benito. Benito the giraffe. Oh, hey, Has gone on a 40-hour road trip in search of, maybe, love. Yeah. Also, warmth this is in mexico ciudad juarez mexico this giraffe named benito checked out of mexico's northern border city to find warmth uh he he wanted to go to his new home about 1200 miles to the south this probably happened, tired of the violence as well he's like yeah i'm done we're done this campaign by animal rights activists won the four-year-old giraffe a transfer to an animal park in Puebla State, which is in central Mexico, where he now joins a group of resident giraffes and enjoys a more suitable climate. So there you go. Uh, they say it's been a really lonely road for Benito. There was no other mates for him at his current location. So he has left his zoo, his home at the zoo, Uh, In the state of Sinaloa, he was taken last year to a city-run park in Ciudad Juarez, just across from El Paso, Texas, where he was alone, which is sucky, right? Uh, The temperatures in Ciudad Juarez apparently drop as low as 39 degrees. Uh, He, that's not good for him. So he was set off in a crate, you see here, strapped to the back of a flatbed truck, and... Um, his head sticks through the top. So he's got air and, you know, he's all right. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, people gathered to say goodbye to him. They say they're sad that he's leaving, but it also gives them great pleasure. The weather conditions are more suitable for him. 
um, one woman said she spent her entire life visiting uh, another giraffe who was at the zoo for two decades before dying. And then Benito arrived. So a lot of people really love this giraffe. Well, there'll um, be um, a better school districts, too. As well, totally. And maybe love because Benito may finally find a mate. There's three female giraffes at his new home. Oh, oh hey, the ladies. options. Hello. Oh, and hey, good ladies. morning. Yeah. So there you go. I I hate to see giraffes that aren't in their natural habitat and to see them shifted around like this. But hopefully he ends up in a better place where he's surrounded where it's, by it's not his cold. people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Check this out. What do Dallas. We have? Dallas, thank you for the $25 super sticker. We appreciate you helping. Any mm. way to help. Um, Pinky with the correction. Helen Hunt was in Twister. That's it correct. was Helen Hunt, not, not Jodie Foster. Jody Foster. Right. My bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yay. I'd like to admit when thank I'm wrong. Thank you. And we always love the nice comments. Sandy, thank you for, for the... Um, words uh we enjoy keeping you company every day as well so we're glad to do it thank you for being here and for spending your time with us as well and thank you dallas yeah thank you dallas it's uh very meaningful yeah. and uh, generous and we appreciate it and now we move on you have sponsored this next story red panda <laughs> firefighters oh, are so cute look at him up there yeah you want to take a closer look let's take a closer look Oh, my gosh. Firefighters responded to a zoo in Germany where a red panda named Barney escaped from his enclosure and climbed high up in a tree. The Cologne Fire Department said in a Facebook post that crews responded to the Cologne Zoo on Thursday when zookeepers spotted Barney in a tree outside of his enclosure and were unable to coax him down. Firefighters used a ladder truck to ascend to Barney's altitude, causing the red panda to flee back down the tree where he was netted by zookeepers. Barney was not injured and was returned to his enclosure with some slight murmuring, the fire department said. The red panda was apparently able to escape his enclosure when heavy snow caused some bamboo to bend, giving him an easy Oh, there you go. Yep. Um, Okay, so... And a red panda is not really a panda. What is it? Uh, Red pandas are not closely related to giant pandas. Uh, The red panda falls under a unique taxonomic group called the sharing common traits with oh yeah those guys. raccoons weasels <laughs> okay. uh raccoons weasels and skunks that makes more sense yeah he does look red, my, my, red my panda-y Latin. yeah very cute yeah, very cute though do you want to do a detox do you want to do maybe a little cleanse uh like a dry new january. year you know no not a dry january <laughs> There's a you could make some bank doing this. There is a yogurt company offering to pay 10 grand a yogurt to the company? people, yeah, who complete this month-long digital detox, digital detox. So you take your cell phone and you lock it in a box. Oh. Well, you do be able it. To produ- I wouldn't be able to produce the show. Use your computer. You then just then don't use st- your cell phone. I would stuck at home and then I wouldn't be getting my steps in. Well, you know, priorities. Siggy's Dairy, known for its Icelandic-style yogurt. says oh, that's it, good. That's good yogurt. It is really good yogurt. Um, are they from Petaluma? You have to check that out. N- no, no, um, they're from Iceland. Double check, because I don't know. There, there's one that's um, Icelandic-style no, yogurt that's produced well, locally. Well, they sell it in the airport in Iceland, so I doubt oh, it's they? from Petaluma. Oh, it must be done yeah. Icelandic, yeah. Um, they say their digital detox program will offer $10,000 for people who are willing to give up their phones for one month. One month. It was inspired by the dry January with giving up the booze for the month of January, right? They're now taking applications through January 31st, and they're looking for 10 people for this digital detox to keep their phones secured for one month in a lockbox provided by Siggy's. What they say is, we believe in the power of living a simpler life with fewer distractions. One of the biggest distractions in our lives today, our phone. In fact, the average person spends 5.4 hours on their phones every day. I'm sure for me, it's more than that. The selected winners who complete the program will get 10 grand. A phone lockbox and a good old-fashioned flip phone with one month prepaid SIM card and a three-month supply of Siggy's yogurt. Look at that. It looks like uh, it, it was founded in the United States, but he was from Iceland. He came to mm-hmm. the United States. Um, it was uh, started in New York, and he missed his old yogurt, his uh, Icelandic yogurt. And it was uh, launched in what grocery store chain? 
Um, Piggly Wigglies? No. Oh. It's one that you have uh, mentioned on the Mark Thompson show. Oh, really? Whole Foods. Whole Foods. How could I forget? Launched in Whole Foods. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That's Instant funny. research for the after party. That's how Very dedicated nice. we are. Wes got, nice. Wes got it. Yeah. He's following along. Um, next up, this is a story uh, I had a few days ago, and uh, we don't always get to things in a timely manner, but Ooh, here that's it is. Cool looking. Look at that. Ma uh oh. Massive Samsung drone show with colorful whirring uh, lights mistaken for a UFO. Well, isn't that easy to do? Look at that, that thing. It looks like a yeah. UFO. Wednes uh, this is Wednesday, I believe Wednesday of last week. Londoner, London, Londoners, Londoners got a close encounter of the drone kind as a spaceship appeared over the River Thames uh, in Canary Wharf. Wednesday night onlookers in the bustling London district were left speechless as it appeared a craft from outer space was landing on the waterway. Um, but soon enough, it was obvious that that was just a drone show. Once they saw the advertisement, <laughs> bright lights lit up the night sky, taking the audience on a journey through the solar system with a series of colorful celestial scenes. Passerby uh, could be forgiven for thinking it was going to be their first encounter with another life form. But it was one of the UK's biggest ever private dr drone displays to mark Samsung's largest launch yet, the flagship Galaxy S24 device. As part of the show, uh, Galaxy AI is here was prophetically written in the stars in an opening visual that stretched 160 meters across the city and announced the arrival of the brand's latest AI technology designed to transform the phone experience. It was an eight minute long display featuring 552 drones and took more than 650 hours to design and program by drone art show creators, Celestial. Kind of Wow. Cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. But that I that mean... would probably creep me out if I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I buy that. <laughs> I think Motor? that looks that looks legit. I yeah, I would be like, uh, I think we got a UFO here. Absolutely. By oh. the way, that um, yogurt that's produced in Petaluma, it's is Icelandic. It's by, made by Smari, S M A R I, Smari, oh, and it's called Skyr, S K Y R, Skyr. Same kind of deal, like I, that Icelandic. Um, yeah. Uh, the way they produce it is different. So the way it tastes is different as well. Yeah. yeah. Like that more instant research. Yeah. There you go. Although you All just right. moved your camera into the no zone. Oh, uh oh, I'll have to fix it while we put the next picture up. That's but okay. first, uh, let's talk about the way we approach rain. It may be different because of a new drone. Another How use about for drones. An umbe umbrella drone, right? Why not? little umbrella over your head, but you don't have to hold it. Maybe you're busy holding your Stanley cup or your drink or your purse or your computer or your phone or whatever. And you just don't have enough hands to hold your umbrella as well. Well, that's okay. This drone flies right above your head and keeps the rain off of you. It's an umbrella drone. Look at that. It needs a little more work. <laughs> it's Meanwhile, yeah. people in poor parts of the world are like, seriously? Seriously, dude. This is what you're going to spend money on? Yeah. You don't have to hold it. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. It's a personal flying umbrella drone. And this could be the wave of the future as we walk around outside in the rain with our own protective device hovering overhead. Right? Seems this like, was... a, first of all, a waste of energy. But also, could you imagine if everyone had those? They'd be like crashing into each other. Yeah. It'd be weird. Maybe, you know, they have to be built with sensors and smart umbrellas. And I don't know. How about this, you just hold the umbrella? This whole thing came about because like, apparently there's this YouTube channel called I Build Stuff YouTube channel. And the people that built this were entering the device for the I Build Stuff YouTube channel. And it, it's, it's when they tested it, it had some issues. It didn't always do exactly what it was supposed to be doing. So they had trial and error. They had to calibrate and recalibrate and, you know, try to get it to hover just a few inches above someone's head. Um, and is it splashing water like on the people next to you? I don't know. You have all these worrying blades, right? It, That's going to, uh, the water's going to go flying. Well, right now it still has to be controlled by a pilot with a remote control. So, oh, there's so you somebody... have to have your entourage with you. That's so this right. is for Mariah Carey. That's exactly right. 
someone a few steps behind making sure the drone stays where it needs to stay now eventually maybe it could just have a you know sensor like a you have a chip in you and it knows where you are at all times so it oh, just yeah that's always a reason to put a chip you. in you well i'm just saying wait this is the future right Mm hmm. In the future, they say this custom flying umbrella could be upgraded with cameras and other sensors to allow it to follow and stay positioned over a specific user, very similar to drones made by companies like Skydio that autonomously track and follow a target. Mm -hmm. So you would be its target. Yeah. Square says voice, voice command drone umbrella attack. <laughs> exactly. Walter asks, what if the wind is blowing? Good question. John, um, uh, don't want worrying whirling blades near my face exactly i mean that could be so sketchy right uh they say imagine a world where there's hundreds of drones hovering over pedestrians on a crowded sidewalk on a rainy day and then imagine getting hit by the spinning props on someone else's umbrella yeah. no thanks i oh, already I experienced have you seen those like mega huge umbrellas that some people have uh i have one uh, because KGO gave them to us. It's huge. Okay, there's this one that's like, it's like enough for a city of people oh, to wow. follow you in. And yeah. the guy's walking down the middle of the sidewalk. Again, with the, the being in the middle. And it's like, pick mm -mm. a side. <laughs> I don't care if you skew to the left or you skew to the right. Skew to the right. Pick a side. Um, and then they always have their, like, their AirPods in. So they're like, oh, I'm blissfully unaware. Blissfully unaware. S left Tesla gets a little technical. He's talking about um, people would get splashed, as you suggest, but stay dry under this, uh, that it would suck water drops in from the side. I don't know. I don't know how it, how it works. Yeah, but the, the blades are spinning outside of it. You can see there. So KG who? That's right. <laughs> KG what? 8080810. Caffeine. Something that I uh, am a little jacked up on. Yeah. Why ditching caffeine might be best for long-term health. Caffeine, did we do this story? Mm, no, I think oh, we okay. meant to and we haven't. Oh, we didn't. Okay, uh, maybe I need more caffeine. Caffeine is the most consumed psychoactive co compound in the world. Even if you don't drink coffee or tea, you probably still consume caffeine since it's found in everything from soft drinks to cold remedies to decaf coffee um, and chocolate. Why caffeine is consumed, uh, when caffeine is consumed, it's rapidly absorbed by the body, reaching peak levels within two hours. Uh, though it may take up to nine hours to leave your body. It also um, has water, or it's also water and fat soluble. So it gets into all the body tissues, which, which explains why caffeine can affect many different parts of the body. And it's recommended that adults can, we covered this <laughs> with the Panera uh, supercharged lemonade story. It's recommended that adults consume no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine a day, mm -hmm. uh, approximately uh, four cups of coffee. I put my limit at 200. About half that <laughs> more than this may lead to muscle tremors nausea headaches pounding heart and even death in extreme cases like what we reported uh, happened at panera but even um, people who only consume a couple cups of coffee or tea daily may feel it still has an adverse effect um, such as irritability difficult falling uh, difficulty following asleep uh difficult uh difficulty reading <laughs> uh uh, and feeling jittery. This is why a growing number of people have decided to give up caffeine. If you're thinking about giving up caffeine or wondering what benefits it may have, here's what the research says. Caffeine withdrawal can cause serious headaches, fatigue, and tiredness. Ironic. This is because the body develops a tolerance to caffeine. Caffeine binds to a receptor in the brain uh, used by uh, adenosine. That was the compound that I couldn't think of the other day. The binding of caffeine to these receptors causes the body to delay the onset of fatigue, but over time, the brain's your brain cells produce more adenosine adenosine uh, receptors to enable normal uh, binding to happen, right? So when you stop drinking caffeine, there are excess receptors to bind to, right? This allows fatigue and tiredness to kick in as normal when the person's feeling and the person will feel more tired than they did before. That's interesting. Oh, um, like a drug. Good. Yeah, cardiovascular health. Mm -hmm. Reducing or eliminating caffeine uh, might also cure heartburn, indigestion. It induces acid secretion in the stomach and weakens the um, your sphincter there in your uh <laughs> your, your what <laughs> not that sphincter uh the, the one that's higher up in your throat mm -hmm. uh, or in your stomach rather uh, which controls reflex of st uh, stomach contents uh right uh, that would trigger heartburn and indigestion so quitting caffeine may lower your blood sugar it may uh, i'm sorry blood pressure it may reduce your heart rate 
um, although other studies have shown little change. This is because if someone consumes caffeine daily for many years, their body adapts to the exposure, right? And it becomes the new form or the new norm with um, its stimulant effects on the nervous system, uh, bowels, and heart. Um, there also appears to be a genetic component, right? And that's what um, I've found out. This could yep. mean that some people are more affected by caffeine over others, like Kim, who mm -hmm. could drink 10 cups of coffee. Um, a brighter smile. I won't, though. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> it wouldn't be good for my heart, but I, uh, I wouldn't feel the difference. Yeah, the other benefit you could have is a brighter smile. Cutting out caffeine may improve the whiteness of your teeth, right? That makes sense. Um, going to the toilet less. Caffeine acts mm -hmm. on the smooth muscles of the intestines, uh, particularly in the colon, causing them to contract and trigger the urge to poop. Oh, my. Caffeine can change the consistency of your poo. <laughs> Sorry, I hope you're not eating right now. Especially if you drink too much, uh, it affects water absorption. Enjoy um, your lunch. <laughs> yeah, it, it's also a mild diuretic, and causing an increase oh. in urine. Um, yeah, so it's about moderation, obviously. Mm. Um but if you're seriously considering removing caffeine from your diet, the best way to do so is gradually. Going cold turkey will bring on side effects such as the headaches and tiredness that can last two to three weeks. Yikes. So, yeah, keep that in mind if you want to put mm. caffeine. So remember when the um, peregrine lander kind of had an issue? Yeah, it got banged up. and Got and banged it, and up. And then it started leaking fuel. Uh, yeah, it didn't go well. And then it ended right. up coming back down. Well, it was, I don't know if you know this, it was loaded with the remains of 70 people who wanted to have space be their final resting place. And that included Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry and his, I believe, his wife as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were all loaded, loaded aboard this lander, this um, peregrine lander. Along with, they had scientific instruments in there. They had this capsule with the remains of dozens of people who wanted to be buried on the moon, basically, or scattered on the moon. But Wait, but they, there's no people on this, right? No. So mm -hmm. how would they be buried? Well, you know, they just, the robotic arm dumps you on the moon and off, off it goes. <laughs> so, that's, that's where you really land. So you just, you just like uh, blow they right or Open the, the box, top. dump you out, and there he is. <laughs> it's not a big ceremony up there. But the, the loss of propellant hours into Peregrine's mission meant that didn't happen. And the ashes right. now became a shooting star over the South Pacific Ocean as the lander oh. burst up during reentry. Right. So yeah. Gene Roddenberry becomes a shooting star. But Gene Roddenberry and 70 other people will get another chance because Celestis, the space burial company who booked their passage aboard the Peregrine, held back a portion of the remains in oh, reserve just in case something like that happened you right. see they had a plan b yeah they yeah. might make it to the moon after all one day so uh it looks like it's not over look look at that everybody's got another shot that's funny yeah. on the coffee story uh blue spark says i like my coffee don't tell me i'm irritable i'm not irritable leave me alone <laughs> oh look coffee time uh yeah and uh let's see here some more coffee uh, randy sink Caffeine's bad for you. Caffeine's good for you. Mm -hmm. Caffeine's bad for you, yada, yada, yada. Just like yep. eggs are good for you, bad for you. Discussion with ears. Well, yeah. I mean, the story's not about like, yeah. yeah, like you need to quit. It's just like if you're going to quit, then you should do it slowly. Um, yeah. There are some benefits to it. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Every Studies are always like that. I used to joke with Gene uh, Burns, like when I produced a show, I'd say, you know, another study would come out. We'd say, I would say life causes death. New study. Apparently, uh, life is causing serious pain for this lady. There's yeah. some type of issue with her phone? Yeah, debilitating phone pain. A woman says life was ruined by texting and scrolling. Well, Here's an idea. Don't text and scroll. If you feel <laughs> it's ruining your life, knock it off. How's that? A 34-year-old woman from Ireland has developed chronic shoulder pain so severe that it prevents her from even sleeping. What's causing the issue? She believes it's her phone. Michelle Waldron has sought emergency medical care 10 times for this issue. She's not picking up on this from you, Kim. Yet painkillers have proven ineffective. Now she's considering Botox injections as a potential solution to alleviate the pain, which has become so debilitating that it hinders her ability to complete simple daily tasks, like checking her phone. <laughs> Before noticing the pain, Michelle estimates she uh, spent approximately four hours each day using her phone. 
Um, I can't sleep in a bed. I can only sleep in a chair. It's too painful in bed. I just can't sleep, she said in an online video. It happened overnight. I went to bed fine and woke up in agony. Uh, I was scared because the level of pain was quite severe. It's an awful thing. It's quite sharp and deep. I can't cook, clean, or do household duties anymore. And put if your I'm phone down. If I'm holding things in my hand, they just fall out of my hand. Chronic pain is an illness. You hear about these things, but you never expect it to happen to you. Um, Michelle recalls that her problems began in December 2022 when she woke up one morning with severe pain. Being snowed in at her house, she found herself using her phone more than usual for entertainment, spending three to four hours daily on the device. Since then, the pain has progressively worsened, evolving from a tingling and throbbing sensation. So when you feel the tingling and the throbbing sensation, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you stop. Yeah. <laughs> you don't keep going. Put your phone uh, down. So she kept going and it extended down her arm to her hand, uh, despite consulting pain specialists and chiropractors and undergoing acupuncture and steroid injections. She continues to suffer from her pain. I bet she's still using that phone. Yep. Her pain specialist has confirmed that discomfort could be attributed to extensive texting and phone usage. Um, she spent over $1,100 on various treatments. Um, she's now using a mobile phone stylus. Uh, I guess like a little those pens. Um, but she wants to raise awareness about this problem. Well, you didn't raise awareness with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to file this one under Goofy. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. file it under mm. Dumbass. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's Kim. Let's talk about this new Chuck E. Cheese game show. Oh, but why don't we take a break first? Oh, we'll talk about the Chuck E. Cheese game show <laughs> in just a moment. We'll also talk about this. <laughs> you guys not, might not want to see this. It's weird really weird it's a strange viral video series and i'm telling you it's you once you see it you're like what is going on we'll do that next on the after party live the after party live is underwritten by our audience and without you this show wouldn't be possible if you can contribute 10 15 or 20 dollars a month it would keep this party a rockin the paypal link can be found in the about section of the youtube channel or at the bottom of the show description any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. And yes, yes, it is. Huge thank you to ongoing contributor Julie S. And also Karen C. Thank you so much. Yes, you. and also so thank you, uh, Julie S. and Karen C. And thank you to Sandy for $5 and Dallas for $25. Yay. Thank you it guys really very, helps, very much. Helps us out. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese game show. Are you ready for it? Uh maybe. Are we talking like the characters that were up on the stage? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. If oh. I can trouble you for just a moment to please click the like button and also click the subscribe button as well. Thank you. That's a free way to help us out. So thanks for doing yep. it. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese game show. Oh, no. They they're partnering with this company called Magical Elves. The Magical Elves people are behind the shows Nailed It and Top Chef and other TV hits. And what they're doing is they're developing this game show based on the Chuck E. Cheese arcade experience. The Chuck E. Cheese arcade heroes will feature physical challenges where duos of Adults compete in oversized arcade games, including pinball, air ski hockey, skee-ball, yep, yeah. and the human claw. When I think of cheese, uh, when I think of Chuck E. Cheese, I just think of the skee-ball and like the spitting out the the tickets. Oh yeah, like okay. Well, teams that earn the most tickets will there get to go. exchange them for prizes from the massive version of the classic Chuck E. Cheese prize wall. Didn't we report that? Um, <laughs> Didn't we what? report that like, they're getting rid of the animatronic, I guess? Yes. Well, uh, the animatronics will be living on on the game show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All but one All but one location, I think they're getting rid of them. That's right. Um, in Los Angeles. They say Chuck E. Cheese is the place where the kid can be a kid, but as grown adults, we still have dreams of ruling the arcade, taking on the iconic games we love. We're excited to celebrate these legendary arcade games, plus the best of today with a supersized twist. Are you going to watch this? I mean, it might be interesting. Maybe the first episode. Yeah, and that's about it. I mean, I still skipped over beef last night. I was like looking at the list. They haven't announced when this is coming out. Um, but I mean, maybe it I think it plays on that nostalgia from people who grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. maybe. Um, and it takes that and puts it into t a television form. And so maybe right. they'll get some takers. I don't know. Maybe they'll sell some cheap pizza as well. <laughs> that's right. 
This is pretty funny. Did you hear about this? A Canadian TV station appears to have stirred up an NFL script conspiracy with a yes. 49ers Ravens Super Bowl graphic. Check mm -hmm. this out. So this was on the TV uh, network uh, cable system up in Canada. Uh, Canadian public television station has gotten NFL conspiracy theorists stirred up in a frenzy that this year's Super Bowl may be rigged in the 49ers' favor. <laughs> a photo of a January 18th broadcast um, of uh, CTV News in New, uh, Vancouver Island has been making the rounds online because of a curious description of the, fe uh, the, the February, February 11th championship game. In a box placed near the bottom right corner of the screen, the description reads, Reba McIntyre, Usher, and Post Malone are slated to perform at for, uh, San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl matchup on uh, February, February 11th. Of course, the second round of the playoffs hasn't even begun when the or hadn't begun when the broadcast went out, leading many on social media to joke, at least we're, we hope they're joking, that the NFL's supposed script for the playoffs has leaked. So mm. I it's all planned ahead of time now yeah, just like the pandemic this next story <laughs> just disturbs me so much i can't yeah. even tell you it's a bizarre russian youtube series and it's called skibbity toilet skibbity toilet yes. now i'll show you this picture but it's a video yeah and, you and if you want to if you want to google it you can google it, don't, and watch it don't do it don't do it when i when i watched just a few seconds of it i had this like fit thought that i was seeing maybe um you know how they say some shows like are flashing images into your subconscious mm -hmm. some subconscious that that's kind of how it felt like what are you showing me what am i even looking at it's this flashing lights and this weird head and the toilet and so bizarre well now apparently this it's getting a lot of positive reviews though no it is not it's being investigated over a detrimental both, effect both, on kids. both i did a deep dive a lot of people love it they said that no. the plot's really good and it's well done no 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 but not no. in russia mm -mm, not in russia in russia the police have launched this investigation into this animated web series featuring anthropomorphic toilets because they're all on toilets after a Moscow well, that's one resident... side. Those are the bad guys because they're like zombies. So it's like a it's like a pandemic where these these toilets have uh, been infected or the people have been infected and turned into toilets. So they're the bad toilets guys. attack. Yeah, they're the bad guys. But there's good guys, too. So this resident warned that if the show that this show could be damaging to children because people are binging on it for hours long marathons. This skibbity toilet sounds like Netflix. Yeah. Uh, is an ongoing war between toilets with human heads and human-like figures with electronic heads, is what yeah, you're saying there. Yeah, those are the good guys. Yeah. yeah, it's a glitchy first-person shooter from the early 2000s is kind of what it looks like. That's the, the right. style of it. It's um, not it a has, game. They're like no, actual videos. it's a video. It has almost no dialogue, though. But Gen Alpha, which is basically our kids' generation, uh, the Young one kids. that comes after Gen Z, yeah. uh, the, they have more than 38 million subscribers. So the young people are really interested in this. But <laughs> the Russian police are now obligated to carefully watch the show's 70 episodes and investigate the guy who is creating this series. And they introduced a law last summer that would require Russian officials to review any content that could compromise children's spiritual and moral ideology. I guess that includes Skibbity Toilet. Some people are arguing Skibbity Toilet is Gen Alpha's equivalent of the notorious Slenderman meme. I don't remember that. That one caused moral panic in the 2010s. I don't yeah, I don't recall that. But people are all up in arms over the skibbity toilet. Who even knew? Now you know. You're yeah, welcome. but I know. I Who do you want making those decisions of what your kids should watch? Uh, parents. And I would say yeah. no to skibbity toilet just because it's creepy and weird. Yeah, but you don't want the government. I mean, I'm glad that we're not in Russia. You don't want the government making these decisions because somebody's, you know, got something up their behind. And unless you know, it's shown that things are being flashed or something, it's causing some type of damage. But it's not. It's just. It's just a. Video it's just a weird video. Just, yeah. It's just a weird video, and it's, mm -hmm. it's surreal, and it's it's got a plot though. A lot of people are saying that it's well well done, and they're the actual people who create video video games. They're saying like the plot. Um, is well done like he did a good job putting it together considering mm. the tools the tools that he's using are from like an older it's a, a system for making older video games from like the early yeah. like 2010s and whatnot 2012 rather 
Oh, um, we have a new so skibbity toilet fan, do we? So cre creatively, <laughs> in terms of creativity, um, you did a good job with the tools. Yeah. Um, so it's it's bizarre, but it's, I mean, how is this any different than like The Last of Us where, you know, people are zombies and, you know, whatnot? It's just well, a toilet version. A what do you have against like, toilets? Can they do so much for us? If Jacob said, mommy, can I watch this? I would be like, yeah. I think we can find something better for you. Well, that's a different mm -hmm. issue than you yeah. make it age appropriate. But it, like if you're a older teenager wanted to watch that yeah. it's like really is that gonna bother I'd like rather they do that than watch some i don't know some like violence involving humans uh, that's true i would ask though and we don't do violent videos so all the shooting with the the meat machines shooting yeah, at each yeah. other we don't do that uh yeah. but if, if julia asked me to watch that i would say do well, you, you think don't maybe take it seriously at that have age. some homework that you can do or something that right. actually would you know benefit your brain maybe a little yeah. bit you know, but I mean, entertainment's entertainment, and there's a lot worse, quote unquote. And I don't think the, you know, I don't want the morality police telling me what I can and cannot watch when it's just entertainment. So yeah, yeah, I'm the morality police in this house, and I say no to skibbity. Well, there are How no kids that? over here, and Archie lo Archie <laughs> loves to watch uh, westerns. Really? Yeah, I don't know if yes. it's the horses. It might be the horses. I don't think it's the gunfire, but I I think he likes horses. Archie's the cat from the old west. He likes a good attack. Archie. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, la this is the first year where he can see birds outside and he does that thing. Have you seen videos where the cats go ek, 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 no. when they see a bird? They get very excited. Oh, really? It's like a, a instinctual thing. And if, a lot of times you'll see two cats together. People have two cats. They're looking out the window and they're in, they'll be uh, simultaneously going. Ek, 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 I've never heard a cat make that noise. I sent you a video of him. Oh, I have to go back and look at it. Yeah. Okay, I saw oh, that. So you're I, telling me, I sent you no, things you don't. No, like I think I had the sound down, but I saw oh, him looking out the window. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's very cute, very cute. Okay. But um, speaking of cool, uh, yes. not necessarily cute, but cool. Mm -hmm. Billy oh, Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. I didn't realize this. He has his first new music coming out after waiting thirty-one years. Really? I yeah. love Billy Joel. Okay, cool. And the single is coming February first. Nice. The last time Billy, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe this. The last time Billy Joel released music was 1993, and that song was "River of Dreams." You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. He has not been releasing music for like most of my life. Wow. <laughs> and yet, you've grown up with Billy Joel songs, and you probably know most of them, right? Yeah. Well, not I'm not the early stuff, but I might recognize the. He kind song, of left I, us with a lot. So yeah. he could take a bit, a well, bit of a break. Been, I guess it's because he's been performing. He's been touring all this time, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And raising kids and living life. But the river ran dry after that uh, single was released, River of Dreams. The only new tidbit was a croonery ballad called All My Life in 2007. The song was part of a collection that was not promoted. It was pretty nice, uh, according to the person writing this article. Now Billy's Facebook page, uh, we're calling him Billy. <laughs> I guess Billy Joel. I guess up, Billy? Yeah. Billy sounds like a kid's name. That's so weird when it's isolated. I'm like, oh, oh, Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy. Billy. Now Billy's now little Billy's Facebook page features a post that shows the words "Did I wait too long?" as if written on a blackboard. The song is called "Turn the Lights Back On" and is coming out um, February first. It's the first time Billy has ever collaborated with other songwriters. That's also interesting. Mm -hmm. They are Freddie Wexler, uh, Arthur Bacon, and Wayne Hector. Um, I don't know those guys. It says Wexler and Hector are known around town, except with Kim McAllister. I don't know Arthur Bacon. Guys. Hmm. Did he wait too long? Nope. A new Billy Joel album or even single would be most welcome. It would uh, also line up with his final uh, 150th show at Madison Square Garden this July. So nice. All right. That. Yeah, that's something I will look for. So, you know, today the Oscar nominations came out. We've been talking right. about that all morning. Yeah, you know yeah. what came out yesterday that didn't get a lot of press that I saw is the Razzies. The oh, Razzie right. nominations, those are the worst. Oh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> worst in cinema. The 2024 Razzies revealed Monday seven nominations for Sylvester Stallone's Expendables. Expendables. Yeah. Uh, including Worst Picture, followed by The Exorcist Believer with five nominations. Here it is The Worst Picture, The Exorcist Believer. Expend for bulls, Meg. Oh, that's two, like Expendables Four. Yeah, like Expend for bulls. Yeah, Meg to the trench, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, 
and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Those are oh, nominated honey, yeah. for the worst pictures of 2024. I think worst... Sylvester gets the the worst uh, title. Like uh, at some point, That's yeah. Dumb. Don't be don't be cutesy when you're you're no. gonna ruin your promotion and your marketing. Worst actor nominations: Russell Crowe for The Pope's Exorcist, Vin Diesel for Fast X, Chris Evans for. I thought they were gonna say Vin Diesel for everything. Jason Statham for Meg Two: The Trench, and John Voight for Mercy. Worst actresses: Anna De Armas for Ghosted, Megan Fox for Johnny and Clyde. I didn't even hear of that movie. Salma Hayek for Magic Mike's Last Dance. I don't mm. think she was very bad in that movie. Jennifer Lopez, The Mother. I didn't see it. And Dame Helen Mirren for Shazam: Fury Ouch. of the Gods. Ew. Ouch! That's a shocker to see. Uh, Helen Mirren on that list. Yeah. Uh, worst supporting actresses: Kim Cattrall, About My Father; Megan Fox, Expendables; Bai Ling, Johnny and Clyde; Lucy Liu, Shazam, Fury of the Gods; and Mary Stuart Masterson, Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, and then I'll tell you the worst supporting actor as well: Michael Douglas, Ant Man and the Wasp; Quantum Mania; Mel Gibson, Confidential Informant; Bill Murray, Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, Franco Nero as the Pope in The Pope's Exorcist, and Sylvester Stallone in Expend Expendables. You can't even say it. That's how sucky that title is. Anyway, they go on with worst director and worst screenplay, and you can imagine, but Razzies, yeah, the Razzies are out. You know what doesn't suck? Mm. West T. West T with $5. Skibbity do. Oops, I mean, who? <laughs> Thank you, Wes, for your uh, consistent for contributions. Contribution. Yeah, the show. No skibbities. No skibbities. Mm -mm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo in the news. Yeah, I didn't. He didn't know get a razzie. No. He recalls the left side of his face being totally paralyzed after having brain tumor removed. Ouch! I did not know this happened to yeah. him. Horrible. The poor things star. Poor things. The poor things star. Uh, Fifty six appeared on Monday's episode of Smartless, uh, the podcast with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. Um, during the show, the actor re recalled being diagnosed with a benign vestibular schwannoma mm. uh, in 2001. I had a brain tumor after the success of You Can Count on Me. He said, noting that he discovered the tumor after having a dream about it. It wasn't like any Ooh, dream I've ever yeah. had. It was just like you have a brain tumor. It wasn't even a voice. It was just like pure knowledge. You have a brain tumor and you need to deal with it immediately. He admitted that the dream was so intense that he went to the doctor for a CAT scan after feeling a sense of doom. At the time, the only symptom he had was an ear infection. The nurse calls the doctor up. I hear him talking in the other room. She comes in. She's kind of like a zombie. And she says, you have a mask behind your left ear the size of a golf ball. Whoa. And we don't know what it is. We can't tell until it's biopsied. Uh, he said the tumor was benign, but it needed surgery to remove the mask. And ultimately decided to keep the diagnosis a secret from his wife, who was pregnant and days away from giving birth to their first child, uh, yeah. son Keen, now, now 22. Oh, so this happened a long time ago. Uh, yeah, he's just making. Oh, yeah, two thousand one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just two thousand one. Sorry. Um, follow along, John. Uh, Ruffalo <laughs> uh, told him of his health a week. Uh, told his wife uh, about his health a week after the son was born, and the night before his appointment to meet the neurologist and figure out a treatment plan. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah, glad he made it through that. You know what it's time for? Travel Tuesday. I know you miss me, bitches. <laughs> Love me or hate me. That's right. Travel Tuesday is upon us once again. And this time we have a list of the best places to go in the month of February. Thank you, Mr. Burns. Where to travel in February of 2024 February. Mm -hmm. from Super Bowl to President's Day and Black History Month. There's a lot of events. I mean, the Super Bowl things. with the 49ers. Allegedly. Don't jinx it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but so uh, where to travel for these can't miss events well first of all you know Groundhog's Day will start February uh, what is it second February yeah you could go to Gobbler's Knob which is 90 Pardon minutes me? northeast of Pittsburgh to see if Punxsutawney Phil hops out or maybe you don't want to do that well then, what about Las Vegas hosting the Super Bowl inside Allegiant Stadium February 11th? Too expensive? February. 
don't worry about that. It's all right. But this the Las Vegas strip, they say, is going to be rocking with. Uh, they don't have stop, numerous... though, because you don't want to get uh, ticketed arrested. No, that's right. Keep don't moving. take pictures. They have numerous events planned, concert, DJ performances, parties, uh, athletes, celebrity appearances, all of that going on in Las Vegas. If you can't make it to Vegas, they say, what about Phoenix, Arizona? No. That hosts the annual <sighs> Waste Management Phoenix there. Open. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. It's actually a Phoenix four day, and waste management. It's a four day event, more party than golf. Um, so it's like a golf thing. I guess it could be fun. Orlando, Florida, you know, take your chances in Florida. Sorry, Wes, for another fantastic February vacation. The theme park February. capital of the world hosting multiple events this winter, including the 2024 NFL Pro Bowl games. Camping World Stadium is where that will be held. The U.S. Olympic team trials during the first weekend in February. And you can February. also attend Megacon Orlando at the Orange County Convention Center. If you're looking for Black History Month things to do, Nonprofit Rhode Island Black Storytellers is hosting a, an event uh, through the Rhode Island School of Design, which could be kind of fun to, to do as well. Wisconsin, um, they have the Black Historical Society Museum in Milwaukee. You can go check out the newly opened America's Black Holocaust Museum and visit the Milton House National Historic Landmark as well. That's uh, operated as a stop on the Underground Railroad from its construction in 1844 through the Civil War as well. So something interesting to see. If you are looking to take a trip for Valentine's Day, well... What about, and we've talked about this, this city name keeps popping up, John Daly, Traverse City, Michigan. Oh, weird. They say it's the perfect place for couples. I feel they, like some marketing person is like going all out. They've like hired a team, like a marketing team. To exactly. They're like Traverse City, Traverse City. It has... 40 wineries like the award-winning Black Star Farms and Bry's Estate. Uh, do they know that we're from Sonoma County? We don't really yeah. need to go to your wineries, but thanks anyway. Yeah, but they uh, got you reading their PR piece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have opportunities for romantic outdoor adventures in places like Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Listen to this. Now, this sounds fun in Traverse City. You can have special couples packages and experiences at Igloo Dining and a couple's massage in an igloo on uh, on couple's the lake. couple's massage? Like, if I want it to be warm. Well, you know what? Then go to Sandals in Jamaica, because that's another place. You can go to Sandals Resorts and Beaches. They're having a winter blues sale. And you can go get a $150 resort credit on a stay of seven nights or more at a Sandals. Isn't, isn't that the place where the three Americans fell ill and died? I don't think so. Yeah. May May 2022. Oh, well, yeah. don't worry about that. Just go and have a good time. <laughs> the other place they think that you can go domestically if you maybe don't want to spend the money on sandals is Wickenburg, Arizona, which is where um, people that like shows like Yellowstone in 1883 are flocking to. Um, it's a, Arizona's fifth oldest town. It's known as the roping capital of the world. And they say it's guaranteed to transport you back to the 19th century in the best way possible. Horse riding, rodeos, roping lessons, and more. If you're a rodeo kind of person, which I know a lot of people are upset about rodeos. So there you go. Um, glamping adventures in Baja, California. No, no thanks on the glamping. Uh, the igloo dining sounds fun in Traverse City, though. Yeah, um, you're yeah. not going to get me to go to Michigan. Sorry. No, that that was uh, your. Those are your February travel destinations. February. Yeah. Um, the number one memory I have of driving through uh, Michigan was that a section of the interstate was not paved in oh. uh, in Detroit. I that think was, most uh, of it's paved now. The the one thing. And sorry to bring the party down, but I went to Michigan because I married a guy from Michigan and his sister passed away. Um, she was my age and she died at 32 of breast cancer. Really sad. Mm -hmm. So we went back to Michigan for her funeral service. And I remember going out to the car and the temperature gauge inside the vehicle said minus seven. Yeah, no. And I asked, is that a mistake? I've never seen it say minus before. And they all laughed at me. They're like, no. I didn't even have a proper coat. 
Like I was Whoa. not prepared for Michigan. It was, I'll never forget when the, the doors, the glass doors at the airport opened to the outside and this burst of air just rushed yeah. in. And I thought, Oh my God, I've never been so cold in my life. Wait, you only, were giving, you were I've like been here for one second. You were giving the audience weather reports all that time. And you didn't think to give yourself a weather report. No, I didn't. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. What about the traffic? No nope. and weather. Come on. Nope. Not even that. Um, Speaking of traffic, this is kind of a crazy story. Um, have you ever had a flight that was diverted? No. Well, these are the seven most extreme flight diversions as Storm Isha hits the UK and Ireland. Ooh. Um, a surprise trip to Paris is usually the stuff of romance novels. However, for more than a thousand air passengers on Sunday, an unexpected trip to the City of Love read more like a horror story. Storm Isha battered Northern Europe over the weekend. Uh, over the weekend bringing gusts of wind up to 99 miles per hour and oh, causing serious headaches for airlines and airports. Alongside more than 100 flight ca cancellations, the treacherous conditions forced many pilots to take huge diversions to the regular routes. Data uh, provided uh, by Flight Radar 24 shows how dozens of routine journeys were upended, with some passengers landing in a completely different country what? more than 1,000 miles from their ex expected destination. Wait, uh, I was supposed to be in Scotland. Where am I? <laughs> Landing it at an alternative Hungary, location uh. when the original destination airport is unavailable is standard procedure uh, that processes protocols and standards. In fact, before every flight takes off, pilots must review and assign a range of official diversionary airfields should things go awry in, uh, in route. However, the sheer size of the storm and its focus on densely populated areas of the UK and Ireland meant that fl flight crews had to fly much further than usual to find uh, a place to land safely. During the storm's peak, many routine flights spiraled in length. Using the latest data, um, they have the seven most uh, extreme, and I'll go through them quickly. So, uh, a flight was supposed to go from Manchester to Dublin, which is just like just over the you know over the water there. Like it's mm -hmm. really quick, right? Um, it got diverted to Paris. Oh. Um, this other one was supposed to go from Shannon, uh, Ireland to Edinburgh. It diverted to Cologne, Germany. Uh, Edinburgh to Bristol, you know, in England, and uh, diverted to Paris. Uh, this other one was supposed to go from the Canary Islands to Dublin. They ended up in Bordeaux, France. <laughs> wow. London to Edinburgh, diverted to Shannon, Ireland. Um, Grand Canaria to Belfast. They also had to go to Paris. Copenhagen to Dublin. They ended up to Manchester and Liverpool. <laughs> it's like an um, extra vacation. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Extreme weather. Um, let's go to Hawaii for just a hot second. Oh, that's better. Hawaii is proposing new tourist fees and they Nude? are also new new oh. any w <laughs> you get your mind out of the gutter oh, no. uh, they're also Not gonna happen <laughs> Not in this lifetime. sorry it's, it's it's permanently there uh they've also targeted vacation rentals as well so the governor delivered his state of the state address at the hawaii state capitol on monday and he addressed topics like the efforts to recover from the maui wildfire uh, concerns about short-term rentals, uh, bumping up their economy by opening up to tourism and reducing dependence on fossil fuels. One of the things that he's proposing uh, for the fossil fuels initiative is charging tourists a $25 fee. So right off the airplane, you have to keep your clothes on. Boom. You have to keep your yeah. clothes on and pay 25 bucks. So no fun for you. Governor Green said he would be forced to place a moratorium on all short short term rentals, not short. <laughs> we know what that means. Yeah. All short term rentals in West Maui. Get your head an, out of the toilet. <laughs> skibbity to you, too. <laughs> if, <laughs> if an adequate number of people don't volunteer their properties to house families displaced, displaced by the Lahaina fire. So let me say that again. If you own a short-term rental in Maui and you don't offer it up to a family that was displaced by one of, by one of the fires, mm -hmm. then he will be forced to place a moratorium on all short-term rentals in West Maui, which means you wouldn't be able to rent it to anyone, Airbnb, right. any of that. That would be a no-go. So um, he said 
Our state is such a desirable destination and such a profitable investment for many that people from around the world have purchased property to hold as investments or rent as short-term rentals to visitors, making an average of four times what they would get if the property was simply rented to a local family. So right. people are making bank. As far as this new tourist fee, there's two separate proposals on the table for this, aimed at raising funds to support climate change and fire control efforts by passing the cost on to out-of-state tourists. According to a local news outlet in Hawaii, it's a beat of Hawaii, the first would raise the accommodations tax rate by an undetermined percentage, which is one of the most expensive in the country already. The other is this $25 fee that would be tacked on to the cost of guest accommodations. So, uh, yes, the Aloha State already has the highest taxes on hotels and vacation rentals in the entire United States, charged in three separate parts, totaling about 18%. Wow. So, yeah. But if you want to travel, now is the time to book airfare. Airfare hasn't been this cheap since 2009. Wow. The cost of living is high, but plane tickets are relatively cheap. The best countries for expats in 2024 and the big shot movie stars and big, uh, big, sh <laughs> big shot movie stars getting in trouble in the United States and Europe. Um, I think we'll skip over that part. But um, if you're searching for the silver lining, look to the clouds while the cost of living is spiraling and hitting groceries uh, and other everyday costs hard. The price of plane tickets is at a 15 year low in the United States, at least. Travel expert Katie Nastro tells CNN Business that the average airfare is nearly a quarter less than it was pre-pandemic and, in fact, hasn't been this cheap since 2009. This is the first full, quote, normal year of travel since COVID rocked our world. And while Nastro doesn't expect prices to skyrocket anytime soon, she does sound one note of warning. The single biggest factor for why we see cheap flights is competition. We want budget carriers in the mix because it actually places downward pressure on the legacy carriers and keeps those prices down. Airline mergers could affect that, meaning less competition and potentially higher fares. But this week, a federal judge blocked the merger of JetBlue and Spirit Airlines. So, um, yeah, there's there's that. Um, if you're tempted uh, by a new visa program, uh, by new visa programs and tax incentives to encourage digital nomads, investors and families um, to begin fresh lives abroad, then they have a guide here um, uh, to the best countries for expats. Um, so you can check that out also on CNN. If you go to CNN, go to the travel section. Um, but yeah, so now is the time if you want to buy, uh, if you want to get airfare, uh, look at, uh, look at the Hopper app that we talked about before. Nice. These are the best times to travel. I'm going to, uh, and thus concludes Travel Tuesday. I am going to hop ahead because. Thanks, travel Tuesday. Thanks for <laughs> stopping by. We did advertise. With nudity in your sharding. We advertised we were going to do this story. So I don't want to leave you without a mentioning that. You don't want to dangle it. I don't want to dangle it and then not deliver. We always deliver on a dangle. Well, the historic Tonga Room in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. Is no longer going to serve your drink in a tiki mug. What? What is happening in the United States of America? Um, the Tonga Room is almost 80 years old, been around forever. And, you know, when you have a place like this, that's kind of pop culture and part of San Francisco culture, and they've always done things a certain way. You try to shake it up and it doesn't go well. Didn't they try to shut it down completely? They tried to, and there was an outcry. And so the Fairmont was like, okay, we'll keep it in place. Mm. They have made big changes to the cocktail menu. They are no longer serving drinks in ceramic tiki mugs. Some of them, I remember, you could buy the drink and it was like really expensive because then you got to keep the mug as a souvenir mug, right? Right. Um, the Tonga Room has made the switch to a new glassware program. They did it several months ago. They said it's for uniformity purposes. Mm. The ceramic mm. souvenir cups are still for sale in the bar's retail area, but all of their beverages serving pieces are now clear glass but tiki themed. A few of the punch bowl style drinks will still be stir still be served in those big ceramic bowls. The Tonga Room used to serve its Mai Tais and zombies in ceramic tiki mugs that match their vibe of the bar, um, which if you've never been there, you have to go at least once. They have this pool 
that swimming pool and this whole bandstand that kind of electronically slides out onto the pool while it yeah. rains and thunderstorms. And the I went there the first, and... the first day I worked for KGO. Really? Yeah, we were doing a party upstairs at the Fairmont. Awesome. Tonga yeah. Room is cool. I love it. Um, so the presentation of a tiki cup, they say, would be very nice for such a restaurant, but apparently people were stealing them. Yeah, mm, there was an SF gate. That even happens at regular bars. People steal yeah. like the uh, the copper, you know, the copper cups. People are know. jerks. I'm telling you, they say stealing unique glassware from tiki bars is a common occurrence in the Bay Area. Right. SF Gate reported this. They said the Tonga Room did experience the tiki mug theft, but they're not attributing the switch to clear glass as a reason because of the theft. They're saying. Um, but it has drastically cut down on theft because people don't want the new glassware as much as they wanted those old tiki yeah. mugs. Yeah. Yeah. They also change their, the way they make drinks at the tiki bar. So the Mai Tai is now made with different types of rum. And that was an old standard at the, mm, at the rest, tiki uh, bar. Yeah. yeah. They have this drink called the fog cutter. I don't like changes. Been replaced by the new um, banana bread old fashioned and seafoam espresso martini. So they're making some Tonga room changes. I don't know. One thing they haven't changed the fact that this is an insanely expensive place. I haven't been yeah. to this place in years. A Mai Tai still costs you 20 bucks if you're uh, at the Tonga room. And it's an uh, kind of an Asian inspired restaurant. So it's one of the most expensive Chinese food I've ever eaten, honestly. Interesting. Um, just quickly on the um, the Hawaii story, it looks like yeah. Jupiter is impacted by that. The government's threatening to not allow us to rent. Um, right. Uh, what's STR? Starting in March. Uh, starting uh, in March. I'm pissed. And uh, we already charge yeah. almost 18% hotel taxes. Yeah. And now mm -hmm. they want to raise their taxes to pass on. Yep. Yeah. They want to. They And they say, if you don't, if you don't rent to the families that live there. We Are they dictating the price? Out. I don't think they're they dictating the price. Mm -mm. But you're you're not going to be able as a probably to market, you know, to rent it out to a local family. You're, they're not going to pay. They won't be able to pay right. tourist rates. They right. can't do it. I mean, if you ask me to pay a tourist rate here. Well, that's a limited time if you're doing yeah. it like as a you know, if, visiting for a short period of time. If I was yeah. able to oh, afford short term rental. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. If oh, thank you. If I was able, I needed to, another cup of coffee. If I was able to afford to go to Hawaii, then I, pr I probably have saved up for it, and so I can pay three hundred dollars a night, four hundred dollars a night, whatever, because I've budgeted for that trip, right? Yeah. And staying in a nice place, if unless I'm going on a shoestring budget. But if you're a family who's living there, you're not going to be able to afford those prices. No. So if you're forced as a short-term rental person to rent to a family, then you're going to have to take a big cut in what you were expecting to get for these places. Did they mention an expiration on that? They didn't. Not that um, I know of. Peter mm -mm. says they want 3,000 units that are currently short-term rental. And they're, they're trying to rebuild, though. Then they're trying to build homes for people, and they're working as fast as they can. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I don't. I, I don't mind paying a $25 tourist fee if it means that, you know, they're able to take care of land, put new emergency protocols in place, do things that will never uh, allow a fire like that to happen again. Sure. Especially if they allow you a little bit bucks. of chunk, Chunky Duncan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> chunky Duncan. That's no problem. On that note, it's the end of the after party for a little Tuesday. Chunky dunk now and then. We Chunky Dunk on the after party. That's right. That's right. It's all off. Woo! We want to thank our ongoing contributors, Julie S. and Karen C. And everybody who gives on PayPal every month. Like, um, we uh, really, really appreciate The show would not exist without you. you and your sustained support. And then also, yeah. Super Stickers. Who would he have? Sandy for $5. And Dallas for $25. Any way to help us, Dallas. Thank you. And West, our beloved West, for $5 as well. Skibbity doo. Skibbity doo. <laughs> You guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging out with us on the after party. We'll be back. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Have a really good rest of your day, everybody. And have a good day, John Daly. Have Bye. a great afternoon. Bye-bye.